Hello and welcome to another episode of Monster Dear Monster. I am one of your hosts, Dave, and I am joined this week by Leonard. How's it going, Hello. Leonard? I'm uh, good. Glad to be here. Uh, I, I am super excited because I, uh, I, I, I get to record the podcast today, then maybe sleep a little more, and then I have an, uh, the next, what? nine days free from work that feel like that's that's the amount of time i'm dealing with until the second of january and i don't have to work at all so that's i am i'm great dave excellent good to hear you get well rested for the next round of working forever <laughs> yes oh fortunately fortunately i i I I will uh it seems like I won't be working forever come the start of the year which is uh very nice. Excellent, excellent. I heard you got a promotion so hopefully that changes what you have to do at work at least in some yes. fashion. Yes, I uh um the 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 uh, the job that I couldn't stand decided that I was too valuable and uh uh, uh, decided to throw more money at me to to keep me there, and I decided to take it because I need management experience and and more money I, and more <laughs> money, right? So, oh, good. Hopefully that works out for you, and um, yeah, we'll see how we'll see how this upcoming year goes for for all of us, I guess. Um, Cameron will not be here today. Uh, is he sleeping? I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, probably it's super late for him at this point anyway. So right. I think it's like almost midnight. Something like that. Late over mm -hmm. there. But uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll carry on. And as has been the trend, I'm imagining it'll just switch and then you'll be off next episode and then Cameron will be on. <laughs> um, but it's okay. It uh, no no difference in what we do on the show. Um, we are taking a look this week uh, at a uh, I guess so. Last year we covered Krampus and a few other um, wintry tales uh, for the season, and so we're going to be looking at a wintry ghost story this time with the. 2015 film we are still here uh, yes this um i had not seen this before and this was a nice kind of treat to uh visit this film and find out that i enjoyed it as much as i did uh but before we tackle the film uh, we have our tradition of yokai of the week so we'll uh yes we'll we'll kick it off with that um i believe this week we are in the letter t yes um and as has become tradition with yokai of the week there is a game show component um that decision was made before i came on the show obviously uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but uh as always dave um would you roll them 20 ooh dave 
You wanna you wanna tackle that pronunciation? Sure. This is the <laughs> Surube Otoshi. And I will read the first section uh, of the entry. And we do um, see this also has extended lore uh, in one of our, our favorite source manuals. So we'll, we'll be including that as well. The Surube Otoshi is a yokai told about in Kyoto Prefecture, Shiga Prefecture, Gifu Prefecture, Aichi Prefecture, Waka Prefecture. I personally left that out. Um, they are said to drop from the trees and attack and even devour humans. According to the oral legend about the Kuchitanba, the southern part of the Tanba region of Kyoto Prefecture, recorded in the Taisho period local research documentation book, the Kuchitanba ko, uh, Kohishu, uh, or the collection of oral legends about Kuchitanba. It is said, <laughs> yeah, it is said that in the uh, Hoki section of the village of Sogabe in Kyoto Prefecture, um, I guess I will include this parentheses, uh, that place is now Kameoka, a Surubi Otoshi would suddenly drop down from a kaya tree and make a section of the village of Sogabe, no, oops, I, I can redact that section there, um, a sniggering laugh, he would make a sniggering laugh and saying, or and say, has your night work ended? How about let's drop a bucket, gigi? Or, yagyo sundaka, surube orosoka, gigi. And then rise up above the tree again. Also, in the Terra section of Sogabe village, surube otoshi are said to appear as a severed head that would drop down from an old pine tree and then eat and feed on someone, and after that not appear for about two or three days. I guess they were full. And then they would appear once again. In the village of Tumimono, Funai District, Kyoto, man, they put a lot of words. Um, now Nantan, an eerie tree wrapped with ivy was feared for the appearance of Surube Oroshi. Otoshi. Mistake there. In the Suchida section of the village of Oi, it is said that the Surube Otoshi would devour humans. Um, in the Suzuki part of the village of Kuze, Gifu Prefecture, now Igigawa, it is said that from above, uh, a large tree that stands in a place that's dim even at noon, there would appear a Surube Otoshi. And in Hikone of Shiga, it is said that a Surube Otoshi from the trees, I'm sorry, I'm pausing because the uh, spelling is weird. Um, yes. From the tree's branch would catch the eyes of passersby and drop buckets. In a Genroku period yokai tale about the Kuro, uh, Kuroe part of Kainan, Wakayama Prefecture, it is said that a certain old tree would have something shining in its base when passersby would look, and when someone would reach out to it thinking that it was a coin, they would get dragged into a bucket, lifted up above the tree where they would be menaced, and then devoured by the Surube Otoshi living, in there, living there, finally losing their life as they strike the ground. But they would being devoured. devoured in the bucket still alive and then die when they bucket them again I, or they fell out of the bucket I don't know that's an odd anyway I, I, it lifts I, you up I, and eats you <laughs> yes in a bucket apparently in a, in a bucket it is very uh, see love love uh, be, before we move on audience once again I love yokai because they it, you know 
it's I it, the description is a yokai that drops out of the trees and sometimes devours people. But nope, it has a it has a it has a prop. It is a prop comedian yokai that apparently is all bucket based for whatever reason. I God, they're the best. They're so great. <laughs> all right, all right. So, uh, in the Edo period, uh, collection of Kaidan. Yes. Uh, the mysterious tales. Mm-hmm. Mysterious tales. Oh yes. Uh, you can skip that. That's just the name of the Edo collection. Ah, uh, okay. They're the, uh, depicted under the name. Uh, oh, right. Turpe uh, Oroshi. So that's why the um, previous section got me stumbling because they have it written two different ways. So Surabe Oroshi is how it was depicted in the, the um, Kaidan tale. Ah, okay, that makes sense. Uh, Surabe Oroshi as a yokai that is a spirit of a large tree that has turned into flames that rain down. Uh, uh, long-time listeners, make note, um, there are a lot of yokai that turn into flames and rain down or float around or hide in your cupboards. Um, they, I, I love how many thing, many yokai are just like, yeah, and then it just turned into fire and became <laughs> something either, else. <laughs> yeah, became either murderous or mischievous, or sometimes both, depending on its mood. Um, uh, Yamakoa Giren, uh, the author of this aforementioned book, states that his uh, that his, this paranormal phenomenon of the Surabi uh, Oroshi, referring to uh, Wuxing, or the idea that key turns into wood, fire, earth, metal, and water to make up all things can be seen to come on rainy days. Water swooping down from trees, wood, as fire, fire. Thus, uh, and thus, since they come from these phases of water, wood, and fire, they are therefore spirits of large trees. Uh, the five phases only shift from one to another uh, with the passage of seasons. So young trees that have uh, still not lived long enough would not yet uh, be filled with key, so they would not have their key in all those phases. It is when they become large trees that the fire phase of their key would develop. And as the fire yin fire oh as the fire is yin fire they would appear on rainy days or the next time on naruto yeah yeah chakra yeah this tree this tree's got too much chakra we don't know if sasuke can defeat (laughs) (laughs) uh uh, not 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 talking about naruto uh in the Toriyama uh, uh, Sisken, Sisken, Sakian, Sakian, uh, Sakian's uh, Gazu Hakayago, Gazu Hakayago. That's our most Yagyo. favorite book. Ah, uh, yes, the ball of 
<laughs> always, always a ball of fire. Yeah. There, how many, <laughs> how many monsters have been balls of fire since I've been since I joined the show day? Anything could be a ball of fire, um, <laughs> or it could be a raccoon in hiding. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, the ball of fire, uh, Sarubi, uh, Sarubi Osher, uh, Osh, uh, Oroshi, Oroshi of the Konkon, oh, Hyaku, 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 Monogatari. Okay, it's Mono like the hundred, hundred, hundred tales. Okay, uh, Hyoban, Hyoban, uh, would appear under the name. Uh, <laughs> Suru baby. Okay, <laughs> I don't know why that's Suru funny. Baby. Suru yeah. baby. Because, yes, as a result of this, from uh, Showa and Heisei, Heisei, Heisei. Periods onwards, uh, Surubi or Oroshi are stated in yokai-related literature. I love that subgenre. To be severed heads or or buckets, wide gap, uh, severed head <laughs> or buckets that would drop, whereas uh, the Suru Bebe, on the <laughs> other hand, would be at. Oh yes, we did cover atmospheric, spared ghost light. Yes, that's right. Uh, that would hang from trees. It's a. Uh, it's a it's a top forty that would hang from trees, and thus they would be uh, almost always be considered different kinds of yokai. <laughs> but there, oh wait, hold on, I need to need to. But there is also the theory that originally both uh, the Surubi Otoshi and the Surubebe were similarly atmospheric ghost lights. That dangle from trees like buckets. This is my favorite. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna make. The... I'm gonna make that the name of the episode: dangling from trees like buckets. <laughs> this is uh This <sighs> is like the this is the Avengers of um of yokai of the week. Uh, because we're getting all of these uh crossovers. And I think it's amazing and absolutely charming. This is fantastic. Um, so we also have some similar tales. Uh, though there are similar examples of yokai, like uh, the Tsurubi uh, Otoshi, all across Japan. <laughs> Japan, wow. Uh, all across Japan, but almost Always, they would be paranormal phenomena without a name. Uh, and the only places where there are things known under the name uh, Tsurubi Otoshi are the Tokai region and the Kansai region. And furthermore, it is also only in these regions that buckets are known <laughs> to drop from trees. <laughs> Okay, uh, although in other, I can't. Although in other places, <laughs> there are many that tell of dropping balls of fire or, or dropping burnt cans, among other fire-related objects. 
For example, uh, uh, Yamanobe, uh, Yamagata uh, Prefecture, there is what's called the Nabe or or Oroshi uh, pan drop. Um, and it is said that when children play all the way to sunset, a deep red pan would drop from a shugi? Sugi. Sugi tree. Sugi. Sugi tree. Take the children into the pan and then abduct those children. Uh-huh. In this Ashidana? Ashidani, yeah. He was close enough. Ashidani. Uh, area of uh, Shashayama. Uh, skip that part. Two, you can just, yeah, okay. <laughs> you can just skip <laughs> into the is, sentence. <laughs> there is a holy tree worshipped by Omo, Omotagami, mm-hmm. as well as a small shrine dedicated to it. And there are written statements about how people, how when people attempted to cut nearby trees, Torch-like fires would drop down, resulting in them getting greatly injured. In the a village of uh, Nakagawa, uh, there is a large stone among the thickets uh, of the thicket of trees that is said that almost every night a, a horaku pan, earth baking pan, would drop down there. Uh, Ijoko? Ijiko. Ijiko, a yokai of uh, the Omorai prefecture, is sometimes interpreted to drop fire from the treetops. So we got there's a lot of yeah. there's a lo- that's that's all I've got, but there's, <laughs> there's a lot going on. <laughs> it's oh buckets and pans and always fire. It's great. I love uh I love Japan. I love J- Japanese mythology. It's really the best. And, you know, this, once again, just, I love it. Is it a head? Is it a bucket? Maybe it's a pan. Or it's an atmospheric ghost light. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, <laughs> so we do have an entry from the Night Parade of 100 Demons. Um, okay. And I'll, I'll just kind of blaze through this unintentional pun. Um, the Surube Otoshi. Translation, a dropping well bucket. Habitat, heavily wooded areas, particularly coniferous trees. Diet, carnivorous. Large ones preferring humans crushed or mashed. Appearance. <laughs> Surube Otoshi are a gigantic disembodied RRA. Are gigantic disembodied heads of either human, pingu, or anoni. Sometimes they appear wreathed in flames, like, a lar- like large fireballs with facial features. Spending most of their lives high in the trees, they prefer pine, kaya, or other conifers for their height. Um, though I guess that's why they pick those trees, so they can drop even further down. Um, <laughs> they live deep along in paths in the forest or just outside of town where travelers are likely to pass. Surube otoshi range in size from an ordinary human head up to two meters in diameter. Behavior. Surabe Otoshi lurk in the treetops late at night and wait for unsuspecting creatures to pass underneath. When they need to feed, they drop quickly to the ground like a stone. 
This is the reason for its name, which means following while bucking. The goal is to trap and eat an animal or a human if the head is large enough. Then they slip back into the trees, sometimes singing a monstrous taunt, challenging others to pass underneath. They enjoy this style of killing, letting out a horrible guffawing laugh as they hunt and devour their prey. When they are not hungry, Tsurube Otoshi will sometimes drop down and crush people just for fun. They also drop large rocks or even well buckets, they have a sense of humor, it says, on their victims <laughs> from up high, laughing at the damage they inflict. Travelers passing under tall trees late at night would be wise to keep their heads up. They may be crushed by a falling Tsurube Otoshi. Tsurube Otoshi encountered in the Kansai region are most often solitary, gargantuan heads. In the Tohoku region, Tsurube Otoshi are usually encountered in larger groups of slightly smaller heads. That's even more frightening. It's raining heads. Hallelujah. Hey, Dave. Yeah. Quick question. Is that what those group of heads from Spirited Away were? Is it, um, is... Probably. It's been a long time since I've seen that one. Yeah, because I just remember, uh, wow, I can't even remember the main antagonist of that movie's Sam. name. Yes, but yes, the little three heads that she always had uh, kind of bouncing around uh, behind her. Uh, I just put two and two together. Oh, so. yeah, I mean, it, it, probably, it probably was. We should we yeah. should watch that one. <laughs> yeah, we actually yeah right. Yeah, I think I've got guests lined up for that particular film and others in the background. Always working, mm -hmm. always networking. Mm-hmm. Um. Well. Um. I I guess we have we have a a a a trend going on today because um. We're moving from um, possibly flaming ghosts to uh, actually flaming ghosts as we transition into our talk uh, on uh, We Are Still Here. Dave, you suggested this movie this week. I did. I watched it. Not, it wasn't really an accident, but it was sort of a series of events that uh, are fortuitous because this movie was really good at least in my opinion yes i have uh i have a uh, i have some i have a few uh opinions uh of this movie um uh it is uh it stars uh horror movie royalty um one uh barbara crampton who many may know from uh from beyond castle freak was she? She was in Reanimator. Was that her in Reanimator? Yes, she was the, yes. the girlfriend. Um, and uh, co coincidentally, I so happened to have a uh, a connection with Barbara Crampton because uh, my partner Justin spent some time with her in 1979 at Castleton State College while he was uh, taking a high school drama class, and she was in uh the college theater so uh we are big barbara crampton fans and he was uh, uh delighted to discover that barbara crampton had had made a movie as recently as 2015. 
Yeah, and um, just looking at the some of the IMDb entries, uh, that that particular role that she played in this was specifically written for her, so that's even even better. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So, when I yeah. Go ahead. I uh when I I brought it up, I I, I was like, Rob Crampton, I need to tell him. He'll be so <laughs> happy to learn this news and he'll have to watch it then um so yeah uh shall we uh go on uh to talk about we are still here yes yes we'll we'll leave the buckets from the trees um behind in the forest and venture instead into a winter wonderland uh, <laughs> snowy wilderness of a rural area a small little township yes which so, you see like three three times in this movie oh yeah and that's and it yeah. works just fine um keeping sort of a sense of isolation or just not even isolation but the feeling of moving somewhere new and not knowing anybody right um, they kind of work on that um visually uh for the viewer rather than just with the characters. Um, mm. the, the movie itself will just do a small um, overview and then kind of take some of the key points. Um, this movie is about a uh, well, the middle-aged couple. Um, yes. They've recently lost their uh, college-age son. Um, mm-hmm. And in, in grieving... Um, decided to move away from their old home in the city and find a kind of a quiet, out-of-the-way property that they can uh, sort of recover themselves and and deal with their grief. Um, But in doing so, uh, the the new place that they move to, uh, almost immediately they're they're greeted with a sense that their son is still, that his presence is still with them. Mm -hmm. Um they come to find that there may have been some troubles uh, with the home that they purchased that the realtor was less than inclined to um, disclose to them. Um, I think uh, the realtor, realtor did say something was going on, and it was it was previously a, um, a funeral home, but many years before. Uh, right. the, the local townsfolk, um, or at least their neighbors, kind of pop by for a, a visit uh, to welcome them to the town and reveal that those events that had transpired were maybe a little bit more nefarious than the, the realtor had let on. And the couple come to grips slowly with the um, potential haunting of their house by their son uh, or perhaps um, instead by something else. And that's the, that's the long and short of the, the plot. Yes. Um, uh, where do you want to start with with this with this breakdown, Dave? Because I've got a I've got a lot of thoughts on this movie. I I, I think I, uh, this is the was the single longest watch that I've ever performed for uh, Monster Deer Monster. I was taking furious notes throughout the movie. Um, I, well, obviously, I guess we'll start at the beginning, um, right? 
<laughs> yeah, that's probably the best place to start. Um, <laughs> the the couple that move into this house, these are the um, Sachetis. Yes. And uh, a fun uh, bit of trivia uh, about this film is the, the director and um, also who happens to also be the writer. It's, um, I'm going to butcher this name, and <laughs> Ted Geogian. Uh, Yogian. Georgian. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ted. <laughs> Your name is difficult. Um, yeah, watch me. I'll, I'll blast through all these Japanese names and then get stuck on this guy's name. <laughs> uh, he, he's a, a massive fan of a a little little film um, called House by the Cemetery by uh, Lucio Fulci, and yes. every. The, the the plot itself is sort of a retelling of House by the Cemetery, um, but he's gone a step further and named all of the characters in this film after either characters or cast members um, of the um, House by the Cemetery. So that's a, a nice, it's not even a little touch, it's like an overt, um, this film was done in homage to, to, to the other one. So um, the some of the plot beats are, are similar, um, but the uh, Sachetti's, uh, the family in this are named after the screenwriters of um, House by the Cemetery. Ah, I am actually personally not familiar. I, 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 I'm tangentially familiar with House by the Cemetery, but I've never actually seen it myself. Um, so uh, almost all of that was lost on me while I was <laughs> watching, uh, watching this movie. Um, uh, for me, the first thing that I noticed was, oh, hey, this is clearly a period piece. Um, I actually kind of really enjoyed that they never give a, a specific date, like current date for anything going on in this movie. It is just clearly visually and stylistically, oh, yeah, this is the 70s. Look at all this tacky wood paneling. Yes, um, it's um probably mid 70s i would venture to say just based on their set design uh nothing this feels like actual 70s versus movie 70s we normally see everything's pretty like it's it's understated plus it's in a rural area so i think if you had looked at this time period in this film and and had it set in the city um it definitely would have looked a little different but because yeah. they had the leisure of having this isolated area, and it's an older couple as well, um, right? The even the the younger folks we see briefly in the film aren't um, stereotypically seventy. It's just a, it, it's less of an aesthetic and more of like this is just how it would have been, right? Uh, but but and yes, the, yes, it is it, it is. It is right, not what you think of when you think of seventies. It's not that seventies show, <laughs> right? Um, although there, there, although although somebody there's there there's a there's a female character that wears a hat that uh, that a, a big floppy seventies hat <laughs> that uh, felt felt like she fell out of that seventies show, but we'll get to her. Um, so yeah, uh, we've got Paul and Annie. Uh, they're on their way to the house uh, uh, through uh, it, uh, like just bleak 
like snowy landscape. Um, they don't look happy, uh, and you can tell that there's some kind of tension between them. Um, the the uh, the movie takes a while before uh, they uh, they actually explain to the audience uh, that. Uh, how their son died it's just a sense that their son has died somehow um and that this is a fresh start uh for the both of them um they're both drinking uh there's a really great shot uh uh a shot uh and cut uh between um paul sitting in a bar drinking a glass of whiskey and Anne uh sitting in the house watching tv drinking a glass of whiskey, participating in the same activity, but clearly there's a schism between them that's, you know, illustrated by them not occupying the same space. It's a, it, it's, it, I, it's, I, I really enjoyed this movie's setup. It's, it's a really good classic slow burn um, before it goes into uh Super the, ghosty the, territory. Yes, the the final act of this movie certainly you would not have expected. Um, even up, probably you get about halfway through and still not get what they're going to be doing. Oh um, yeah, oh and no, that's great. Uh, yeah. I guess speaking of um, Barbara Crampton, um, and, and any of these actors, no one felt like they were phoning in a performance. Like this was really really like well-crafted work on on everybody's part and um barbara in particular just had that sense of loss it was very palpable um and you could you could just tell like she was almost on the, on the edge of like either just breaking down completely or just utter like resignation to like life is terrible yeah that the the oh, the opening shots of them driving to the house, um, uh, um, the 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 sadness radiates off of her, um, in a way that I it, I it's been a while that I've seen uh an actor uh give that kind of performance that just and she doesn't say anything. It's just no. her sitting in the it's just her sitting in the passenger seat watching them drive through this snow-filled countryside to the house but you can it's it's heavy the the weight of like sorrow on her um so yeah uh they they move they move into do you happen to know the the name of the town it's no, really... unfortunately, I didn't. Okay. Um, I don't remember. They had to have mentioned it. I, I, right? That's what. That's what I was thinking too. But, but there's a lot of, of of just things that aren't stated, which once again I I appreciate because it kind of gives it gives the movie like this timeless quality that uh and like placeless quality yeah. that works in its favor. Yeah, I mean they may they may not have. Um, in fact, often they just uh, even the characters themselves remark that oh this is a what a nice town, ta- but it, you know it's said in jest. What a nice town you've moved to. Um, yeah, I don't. It's just the town. 
Yes. So okay. even if they did say it, we're just gonna. It's just the town because it it's right. it is its own place, but that's like not important. It's not right. important where this is. It should just be anywhere. Ex- um, yeah, exactly. Or it could just be anywhere. I guess is the the more frightening um, aspect. It definitely feels um, more northern, like nor- northeastern. Mm-hmm. Is what the feeling I got from it. Yes, and they they mentioned that they they are moving out of the city, which immediately makes you think, oh, probably New York. Yeah, it's like upstate upstate New York somewhere. Right. Um, Yeah. Anytime someone says the city, it's either L.A. or New York. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's yes in film. Um, yes, and it it should it should be noted that this is this is an, an an independent production. Um. Uh. This isn't a isn't a big Hollywood film starring uh, Barbara Crampton, but it's it's once again really effective, um, and and pretty good. And you know, not everything's going to be pitch perfect, but uh, it's close. I mean, they have like what two two sets and some exteriors. Yeah, yeah, yeah basically. That's, that's pretty much it. But the you know they they make it work. Yeah. Um. Uh, so we're, uh, I think, as I, as I mentioned in the brief synopsis, um, they meet with some of the locals, and um, these are the McCabe's. Yes, Dave and Cat. I believe. I think I I only watched the scene once, and I didn't go back to correct myself. I'm positive that he said that his name was David, but I heard Dave, so I am calling him Dave because I like the juxtaposition for this character and just re- casually referring to him as dave um <laughs> dave mccabe <laughs> yep um, um it does they, say in his imdb list that it's dave so if okay. someone referred to him as david I, I it was maybe in passing okay um yes they are the uh they're the first people uh in the town uh to to greet the oh you're gonna have to Sachetis, uh, yes, the spaghettis. Uh, they're the <laughs> first. To, they're the, they're the first to greet the spaghettis. Um, uh. <laughs> Sachetis, uh, spaghettis. Um, uh, uh, um, you will notice my favorite trend in this movie, which is that everybody is always down to drink whiskey all the time. And it's um, a very particular whiskey, um, in this case. Oh, do tell. Is it is it relevant to House by the Cemetery, Dave? Um, I think it's more relevant to like every horror movie in the or really movie movie was the seventies and early eighties. Uh, what which brand of whiskey was that? Well, in the the labels for these ones, it's the B and J whiskey, as we see in like the thing. And, yeah, and yep. other movies that I don't have off the top of my top of my head, but um, uh, the they do product placement with like the label kind of conspicuously turned, but it's never full on. It's sort of half the label, right? Um, you see, and you I see think either a B or a J, yeah, in, in, at any given and, time. And part of that is that the that particular company, um. I think since the '90s, um, has not wanted their um product to be associated, I guess, with 
uh, either low end or horror films. Oh, okay. So this is more of a, a t- like a wink and a nod rather than like a overt. Right, hey, we're trying to showcase a product. It's more like <laughs> the movies that we're kind of paying tribute to had this in it, so we're just doing it too. Right. And I've had that uh, whiskey. It's pretty good. <laughs> um. So yes, uh, the the McCabe show up, and they're like, and the spaghettis are like, oh, no, we've been here for two weeks, and nobody's come by. You're the first to come in. Come in. Come in. Uh, and uh, they offer them drinks as you do in the seventies, and Dave immediately <laughs> begins to tell them the tragic history of the house uh that was once occupied by the uh uh drog dogmire family um the dagmires yes the dagmires uh says that the house was built in 1859 that the town built the house uh it was originally a funeral parlor uh dark rumors started spreading about uh uh, uh of of bodies being sold and and uh, uh empty caskets which is a as a, a nice little uh poltergeist nod i at least that's how i i interpreted it um and that they ran the family out on a rail and that uh mr uh dogmire uh eventually killed himself um as you do when you meet your neighbors for the first time and have polite conversation, you tell them, yeah, you live in the death house. <laughs> yep. And then also conveniently mentions that you're the first family, you're the first people to live here in 30 years. Um, and then uh, they immediately flee from, the, basically flee from the house. And, uh, uh, Kat really doesn't do much of anything except uh, looking be, like she doesn't want to be there. <laughs> yep, and and is very mouthy. And at uh, after they leave, Paul finds a note that says, uh, "The house needs a family. Get out." Underlined. So that's established, like basically right off the bat. <laughs> Yes, the house needs a family, and we'll see uh, that cro- we'll see that crop up again. <laughs> yes. Um. So, uh, let's see what happened. There's the uh, just kind of like general setup. Some weird things have been happening. Um, Annie found uh Bobby's like baseball glove. Bobby apparently was into baseball, played baseball. Um which is all just never, once again, never exposited, just told to the audience visually. But uh, Anne finds Bobby's baseball glove in the basement uh, uh, after they've been moving in. Um, his, ba- uh, his signed baseball falls down the basement stairs. There have just been subtle little horror movie haunting hauntings going on. Uh, silhouettes in 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 out of f- focus backgrounds and so on, and I believe uh, this is where we have Paul uh, Paul's electrician show up to yeah. <laughs> do some wiring. <laughs> the guy that drew the, the, the short straw. Yes, 
um, who gets uh, who who suffers the first ghost attack um, when the the lights in the super creepy, unbelievably hot basement um, go out. This was and, my this is my favorite scene, like ever. Oh really? <laughs> Continue on with the what's happening with him. Oh yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, the lights go off. Uh, we get our classic skittering, uh, skittering sil- silhouettes in the shadows, and the uh, let me go search the the creepy cellar, and uh, he finds a little girl in the far corner of the cellar who appears to be made out of charcoal and immediately attacks him and um and then he's grabbed by another ghost uh by the arm that burns him severely and uh it's a it's a it's a it's it's a, a a big ghost attack uh that doesn't leave him dead which is always really a nice um a pleasant surprise when uh, horror movie ghost attacks happen, uh, but um, uh, the spaghettis think that uh, that the boiler uh, burned him. Burned him uh, okay. severely. Yeah, I want. I wanted to see if you if you noted the the part that I thought was the greatest. Um, okay. <laughs> so and you didn't, but um, <laughs> so our our electrician um, he's down in the basement and he's he hears something funky and he's looking around with his flashlight and the lights go out as you mentioned he mm-hmm. finds the the ghost girl in the corner he's already like perturbed he's on edge she turns and starts at him and what does he do he throws his flashlight oh. at her he chucks <laughs> yeah. it <laughs> yeah like his one source of light he just throws it because that's what you do when something scary is running at you. Um, right. It was great. I, I was like, yes, th- just throw it. Throw your light and run. <laughs> <laughs> I was so uh, happy that he threw the flashlight really hard. <laughs> He's just like, no. <laughs> he just throws it at her. I mean, it, it doesn't yeah. do anything, but it, it was. Right. I, I prefer when people, like, at least try to defend themselves versus just scream and, ah, and yes. get, get killed yes. or something. That is great. He tried his hardest. Uh, Electrician, <laughs> electrician Bob. Um, and uh, pa- Paul's uh, on Joe. The... It's Joe the electrician. <laughs> yes, there we go. Uh, Paul's on the on the phone after the scene. After Paul's on the phone with <laughs> somebody with the, 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 uh, the electric company. Yes, uh, t- talking about how that the boiler is a, p- a piece of shit, and I want it like turned off because it's clearly a hazard. Hazard. It killed my. Uh, 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 it almost killed my electrician, and the woman on the other sub- on the other end of the phone says, "Well, it is a really old boiler, sir." Yeah, so I guess it, it was not the electric company; it's the um, uh, utilities or something. Yes. But, and anyway, yeah, it was just a good. It's a good little set piece. Um, the as we mentioned, the house uh, is well framed. The basement is like the the locus of these hauntings um yeah th- things appear kind of other places too but it's all centrally focused around the house and particularly there's this giant hole in the foundation in the wall yeah and 
we don't ever uh, see what's beyond it. It's just like a sort of a black void. Um, right. Or a mouth. <laughs> yep. You know, in, oh, in oh. the foundation. Or, I mean, there's like a lot of things it could be. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll get to that. Yeah, there's <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, um, Annie thinks that she's hearing Bobby in the house, and she's she uh she has decided to invite uh Jacob and May, uh the, the, the parents. Yes, the parents of Bob uh Bobby's freshman year college roommate which is a feels like a really weird weird like connection it, it's a weird twist. yeah it's a weird connection if the parents weren't also friends yes uh well were they friends before i uh, know they weren't that... friends before but they they became friends through their their sons rooming together Right. Okay. Which, which once again, it sounds bizarre to me. That sounds yeah, it's like a, it's a weird <laughs> way to introduce. Like, this is my son's roommate's parents. Yeah. If you um, just say they're friends of the family at that point. It's not. <laughs> you don't have to make that weird. My well, brother's uncle's cousin's daughter. You know, it's like what? Right. I mean, and the relationship is is also ex- super extra weird because. It's pretty clear, at least before the events of this movie, that uh, Paul and Jacob just don't like each other. Um, like, uh, uh, like uh, they eventually warm up to each other during the course of the movie, but it, the implication is that they've gone this entire time and just can't stand each other, and that it's se- it's seemingly more. Um, Annie and uh, and May uh, keeping the friends, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 May, who is played by uh, Lisa Marie of of Mars Attacks fame, um, uh, having bitten off Martin Short's finger as the <laughs> Bim alien. Yes, uh, that's where I had seen her. Yes, she was also Ichabod Crane's uh, mother in uh, Sleepy Hollow uh, because. Uh, surprise, surprise, during that point in time in her career, she was dating Tim Burton. Uh, hence, As you all, do. <laughs> yeah, right, and and thus you get cast in Tim Burton movies. As you do, just ask Helen the Bottom Carter. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yes, uh, and and uh, May is, uh, when they first bring up May, uh, they imply that May uh, might have psychic abilities, um uh they're very um not very actually they're they are both fairly feel like fairly accurate representations of that 70s like hippie dippy crystal um like couple yeah they're also, they're not even like it's it's overt <laughs> like that's what they yeah. are right uh, but but they're not um you know they're not the they're not that parody that no, you expect. This again feels more like an actual couple. Yes. Like actual um, humans versus a caricature. 
Yes. Um, and they're coming up because um, it would make Anne feel better. Um, and then we get, I believe, uh, oh yeah, we get, uh, we get some more um, uh, ghost shots, uh, shots of ghosts in uh, picture fr fr uh, frame reflections and eventually the uh, uh, I'm sorry, what are Jacob and May's last names again? Jacob and May? Oh, uh, they are the Lewises. The Lewises. Oh, oh yes, I did I did want to interject that um, Jacob yeah. Lewis is um, uh, played by Larry Fessenden, who is a genre favorite, an excellent actor, and probably choose the most scenery in this film. Yes, he's yes, just he does. a delight every time he's on the screen. Um, we I think I covered Stakeland. I'm pretty sure I did. Um, he was in that. Uh, he's in, or he produced uh, House of the Devil, which is another um, oh, okay. set, 70s set um, genre film, which is actually pretty similar to this one. He was mm -hmm. in uh, Late Phases, which we I know we covered. Um, and we'll probably run into him again, I think, in the future, <laughs> because he's just in everything that's good. Right. Um, anyway, back so to uh, the Lewises. Yes, the Lewises show up. Um, Paul comments uh, uh, that May's driving, which is is hilarious, and like, oh, oh, seventies. That's oh, it's so wacky that a woman's driving a car, and um, you know, they they uh, they uh, come in. May's happy to see Anne. Um, May does May like immediately get a sense of like this house is rotten as like soon as she steps in because I feel like yes, that um she did she says that the house is something dark um yeah in the house um and uh so they decide to go out to eat they decide to visit the town uh to go eat at Buffalo Bills um. Uh, so they, they leave the apartment and drive to town. Meanwhile, um, see, Harry and girlfriend are introduced. <laughs> um, girlfriend does in fact not ever get a name, um, in the entire movie. I, I checked because I wanted to, I really wanted to settle in on this bit. And Harry is, uh, is the Lewis's son. Uh, Bobby's old roommate. They are the um, um, the 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 shitty teen quote teen characters that are uh, that serve to move the movie into the second act and give the ghost something to do to not main characters. Um, that's a that's about accurate, right? Dave. Yeah, they're they're just transition. They're they're serving to sort of transition the um, severity of this haunting. Yes, because it's um, not it's not all just um, shadows, feelings, and you know a little bit of hot touch uh, here and right. there. Um, I believe in my note I referred to my 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 last description of them were they are exposition blood squibs. Um, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> um, meanwhile, so they're, they're driving to the house. Uh, 
everybody's at Buffalo Bills. They walk in and they get the like very classic um, uh, town cold shoulder stare you down that nobody in reality would ever stand for. And like, <laughs> it's not like, even so once. It's not even just once. It's like it's the entire time five times. Like, specific shots of the entire bar turning to look at them. Giving them, like, the side eye. Yep. Because it's not the whole time. It's just when they say specific stuff. It felt felt like it was, like, the entire time that they were being, that everyone was staring at them. Everyone's listening to them, but they're not staring. So it actually made it worse, because if you're just being stared at the whole time, you can kind of, like, eventually ignore it. But this is... They're staring at you, then they're listening, and then they turn. They just keep turning. So that's actually, I think, more bothersome if you if you get a whole. It's not a whole continued focus. It's like snap focuses of every few minutes. Someone's the whole bar is just looking at you. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want either experience. Um, <laughs> truth be told, but you know. Um. So yeah, uh, they talk about uh how the house feels weird and. Uh, and talks about how she thinks that Bobby's there, people, and May's like, I don't like it. And May is absolutely right 100% of the time in this movie. Meanwhile, Harry and girlfriend arrive and find a note that they're... Uh, the the uh, folks are out to dinner, and yep. they can come and join them if they wish, or they can. there's some food in the fridge. Yes. Uh, they opt to stay at the house. Uh, they drink more whiskey, uh, which... Uh, to, to be noted, these aren't teenagers. They are in their 20s. Oh, yeah, of course, yes. I, I, post, I, yeah. Post-college young adults. Yes, the, I, I use, I use teen, teenagers yeah. because they are, are, are horror movie death fodder characters. Mm-hmm. Um, um, they uh, see... Uh, Harry hears a knock from the cellar basement um goes down the girlfriend is at the top of the stairs harry gets grabbed and his eyes gouged out by fiery ghost hands um uh the girlfriend does the girlfriend freak out um uh runs out of the house almost runs out of the house realizes she doesn't have the car keys goes back in gets the keys gets in the car drives away and this is the one thing in the movie that really bugs me, which is uh, she gets pretty far away from the house and then sees a ghost in the back seat with the rearview mirror that kills her. And it's now established that the ghosts aren't tied directly to the house. They they address this in the film. Do they? Yes. Really? Okay. I if it's if it's what it's what I think it is, then I have some questions about that. But we'll get to that later. Um. So yes. Um. Those characters are dead to show the audience what the ghosts can do, and the ghosts can do don't get touched by the ghosts because it's all bad. <laughs> all the, time. the ghost touch bad. Yes. Um. Oh, and when Harry, uh, it, uh, when Harry dies, um, May has a like 
violent, clearly like psychic reaction, but doesn't realize what she's experiencing or sensing, um, which um, comes into play later. Um, <laughs> uh, did you wanna? Did you wanna take over or make it uh, notes of of references during the sequence, Dave? Uh, well, I think you got the, the, sounds like you have the more notes. I literally don't have any notes. Um, <laughs> I'm just going off what's in my brain pan. Um, okay. Where are we at in the appendix? Uh, there, the trip home. They're coming back from the bar. Uh, I don't remember what happens right there. Um, let's see. Uh, coming back from the bar, May that says that she's going to be fine. Really great shot of her laying her head on um, Jacob's shoulder, just eyes wide open. Uh, oh, yes. Um, uh, after after the the after Harry and, and girlfriend are killed, um, the house uh, apparently resets itself uh, because once they get home. The note that Harry that had been left for them is once again posted on on the door as oh, if they oh, had yes. never taken it down. Um, the glasses are cleaned. Everything is set up as if no one had ever been there. It is. It is. Uh, the house has reset itself to trick the occupants into thinking that Harry and his girlfriend have not even shown up. Um, yeah, and it, this this was like a it was the best line. I think it's um I want to say May says it because she the 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 two mothers are looking at the note mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure May says, "Oh, they didn't make it." Yes, yes, and it's like she nope, does. they didn't. <laughs> they died. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um. So yeah, that um. Um, uh, they go in, they have, uh, more drinks. Once again, big fan that everybody, fan of the fact that everybody is down to drink whiskey all the time in this movie. Um, every single character, I believe every single named character in this movie has a glass of whiskey at one point over the course of the movie. Um, except for the repairman, but, um. He, he, had it, he was he was working at his job, <laughs> but he was gonna have one afterwards. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, I actually really appreciated that um, uh, Paul and Jacob's mutual dislike of the town is what causes them to stop like being antagonistic towards one one another. It's not it's not like. Uh, it's once again. It's clear that they don't like each other at the beginning of this movie, but the fact that they clearly just both dislike the town more than they dislike each other causes them to kind of start to form a relationship with one another, which is uh, yeah. Well, I mean, what, that I what it pretty much boils down to is Jacob feels that um, Paul is too straight laced, and yeah. Paul feels that Jacob is just too much of a. Um, weed smoking hippie yeah yeah um, yes exactly but they they both acknowledge that and and really a lot of i think a lot of or primarily jacob's 
um, any kind of dislike he has toward Paul is because Paul doesn't like him. That's all it is. Right. He right. just feels that animosity. And Paul's dislike of him isn't on anything concrete other than just his uh, Jacob's like freewheeling appearance. Right. Um, but he goes as far as to say, oh, he's not, he's not such, he's not so much of a, a, a hippie or something to that effect as that I thought he was. He's not as bad as I thought. Right. Um, and then in turn, that just allows Jacob to be himself a little bit more, maybe a little bit too much of himself. Yep. <laughs> and so we uh, get um we get a another visitation. Um the, the appearance of the ghosts has become more overt um at yeah. this point, at least uh toward the um Sichetis. Uh prior to this it's been sensing of or what they think is their son uh right. and then we get like a cracked um photograph and uh just glim maybe like glimpses of someone's some movement in the house um mm -hmm. uh, here at this point we have um the both couples have retired um for the night and yeah. um the sachetis are in bed uh, and asleep and uh paul is he, he gets he hears something and wakes up and mm -hmm. at the uh, at the the foot of the what is it the base of the door whatever you call it the the it, bottom of the door <laughs> yes um he sees uh two two like shadow of feet like someone standing outside the door mm. and he's thinking that it's either um uh May or Jacob and he's calling out to them and uh it it turns out no it's a ghost um, but they sort of splice these events in between the viewer not knowing if he's awake or asleep because he wakes up from a, a nightmare. Yeah. So it could have been happening and then it bled into his dream or vice versa. Um, the, the movie's not super clear on that, but there's already been enough ghost sightings that it may have well just happened. Like it doesn't really yeah. ma ultimately matter. It just it matters enough that he's acknowledging something's wrong. Yes. Meanwhile, May has uh, May has uh, a nightmare where she begins uh, talking her in her sleep, and uh, I can't recall exactly what she screams, but the the gist of it is that that there's so much death in this house. Yes. Um. So they both have uh, pretty frightening uh, uh, paranormal uh, incidences that night. Meanwhile, back at Buffalo Bills, uh, uh, we are left with the the owner, whose name I don't think I ever picked up. I, I, don't, I don't have it. <laughs> and one of her waitresses, um, who she begins grilling on what uh, what the four of them were talking about. Um, and suddenly there's a knock on the door uh, of the restaurant and uh, the owner screams were closed. Uh, there is then a slow methodical knock on the door and she tells the waitress to tell them that they, the, the stove's off. Uh, waitress walks off, off 
off screen. Oh, you hear the door open and a gunshot. And uh, Dave walks in. Dave and Cat walk in uh, to discuss some town business. Um, I was really not expecting that. This, I was not. This was the only part that I was. I don't understand why they did what they did. Okay. Like I get Let's... everything else in the movie. I have no idea why Dave McCabe killed the waitress. Uh, well, Dave. Well, not not Dave McCabe. I will tell you why he killed the waitress to establish that the town conspiracy is super evil. That is that is the only reason. Also, the the owner mentions uh, if I had known it was you, I wouldn't have sent the new girl. Um. But she would have been in there. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Like, it, 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 she still yeah, it, would have been in the restaurant. She just wouldn't have answered the door. I don't... Doesn't, once again, doesn't Dave, jive. it is... It, it, it's oh, I, I, get, I get why they... I get why it's written in there. I just don't... <laughs> the, the, the character motivation, like, zero. Yeah. Would he have yeah. just shot her if she's just walking around? In the, what, what does that have to do with anything? Why did he kill her? She's part of the town. Anyway, <laughs> that was my. If out of this entire movie there was one thing that bothered me, that that's fine. It's just this one thing. Okay. <laughs> um. Meanwhile, uh. But anyway, the gist of the conversation is, hey, that thing that happens every thirty years is gonna happen. Why aren't these people dead yet? Hey, we gotta make sure that these people get dead. So the thing that happened, like it. They just straight up call it the darkness. Um, yes, the darkness in uh, the house. Yes, uh, and that clearly a sacrifice must be made every thirty years, and that the uh, the spaghettis are are next on the menu. Yes. Uh, so, th so this is our our second. All of our exposition for the town is delivered by Dave McCabe. Um, yes, and in this in this instance, he plainly kind of lays out what's going on for the most part uh, and then again he he'll, in, the, in the final act of the movie he'll he'll finish up his um narrative duties um in this section uh he tells the audience basically yeah. that the the darkness in the house um requires these sacrifices um, if they do not, if it does not get the sacrifices, the darkness in the house will spread and consume the town. Correct. So all of these things that he's doing are in an attempt to um, save the town from Correct. something that the town basically did to themselves anyway. <laughs> um, uh, that's like that. That gets weird because it seems like they just did something when the town was founded and built, which you know, like it was discovered. But it doesn't seem. But it like sounds they... like they they get something out of a deal. It, it, is it, well, is it, what I'm led to believe. They don't elaborate on that. 
well from from what i could tell by watching like the 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 very uh specific credits of this movie it feels like the deal that they get is that the town isn't a like plague written hellhole um by appeasing the darkness um that 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 was my intention like they don't get any specific benefit they just get to remain at neutral as opposed to you know being yeah. beset by horrors it's i mean yeah it's sort of a silent hill kind of situation yep yep that's exactly what i thought when when this entire thing when that entire plot point came up that's immediately what i jumped to was like it, it's 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 more of a silent hill homecoming kind yeah. of thing if yeah um uh anyway so that gets established now we 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 know that uh and this is actually where where i wrote in my i was like okay is so uh started wondering okay are the 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 ghost agents of the darkness are they their own entities um are is there essentially like three antagonists in this movie um we'll get to that later but um the next morning uh everybody wakes up and is very forthcoming about their horrible horrible nights um i'm actually kind of drawing a blank Okay, so at this point, um, if I'm recalling correctly, uh, yes. May and Anne uh, are going to go on an errand to go get something. I don't know yes. what. <laughs> they leave. I think it was, yes, I think it was just groceries. Yeah. One thing is, as everybody co is convinced that what's going on in the house is negative, except yes. for Anne, who thinks it's still Bobby. Yeah, the whole she's she never lets go of that. Yeah. Um so um she has been asking May to to perform um a séance or do something and then May specific I think this is where she tells her specifically she's like I don't need to do a séance or anything to contact what's here because I I it's already there's a darkness and it's here. It's it's overt. Yeah. I don't have to search for anything. It's just it's floating around us, so yeah. there's no no reason to mess with it. We should just like leave it alone. Mm -hmm. um, and she tells that specifically, um, she's not gonna do a séance. Yeah. And she tells her husband, "Do not do a séance. We're gonna go get groceries. Don't get up to shenanigans while we're gone." Yes. So what do you think's gonna happen when <laughs> when they leave? <laughs> I, I I actually kind of appreciated this part because up until because they earlier in the movie they mentioned that they basically go around and do house cleansings like yeah. all the time. Um, yeah, they're familiar with all of this, and they're not just um, and and Jacob uh, also um, tells uh, Paul this specifically. He's like uh, this these things are real you know what we deal with is it's real and they're um uh i don't know why i can't think of the name of the other uh the the, the warrens from the conjuring. oh yes the conjuring so the, they're the, the hippie version of the warrens basically yes. 
Yes. But I don't think it's the it's like they don't they're not leaning on it as hard. Like it's not their identity. They just happen mm-hmm. to also maybe on the side do that. Right. Um, um Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I, I also really actually liked this setup because um May is obviously psychic, but I couldn't tell if Jacob was just kind of like coasting on that and was like kind of a scammy con man, even though they had been married forever. Like, I didn't know if he actually had any talent for this stuff. So the yeah. the fact that he he actually does perform the seance is like, oh, okay. So it's 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 not like guy using his wife's psychic ability to like make himself money it is like a thing that they legitimately do yeah no, uh, if, and, if, and, if anything he's actually more psychically attuned than she may be like in a specific yeah. sense yeah exactly yeah yeah a very a very specific sense yes. um, um so uh the the girls are out in the town and are once again talking about how messed up their big haunted house is and who should who should just slide into their DMs. <laughs> he, he really does. He literally slides into their DMs as they're in the middle of town. Just having a conversation, but good old Dave McCain. He's just—he's uh, around the town, you know. Yep, all the time in everybody's business, specifically theirs. Uh, yeah, no, he's I basically actually, like the town elder. Um, yeah, without overtly stating that he's in control of all of it too. Yeah, exactly. Or at least he thinks he is. Right. Um. It's a really nice kind of like intense scene um, of 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 him and May because I believe this is the first time they've each be, uh, been in contact with one another yeah. and and like clearly hate one another and know that something's up. Um, like May clearly knows something's up with Dave and Dave knows that May can sense what's going on. So there's a nice little kind of like subtle uh exchange like uh the, the fake pleasantries exchange yeah. <laughs> between them um uh, which is pretty fantastic and may's like you know what we gotta go we gotta get back to the house and then leave um meanwhile they've uh uh jacob and paul have set up a seance because uh they were told specifically not to and and, and this movie needs a third act so yes. And <laughs> Jacob goes as far as so like um Paul yeah so Jacob suggests that they should do this séance once when while the ladies are out of out of the house and because yeah. he specifically he's like this is something we probably shouldn't do but we need to get to the bottom whatever this is and uh Paul's like didn't didn't your wife just say not to do this and he's like uh yeah so we're going to do it while they're gone <laughs> yeah. so she won't yeah. know right um uh because uh Jacob uh it, it wants to help Anne because of her her unshakable belief that Bobby is there with him. Yeah, and he's like uh, this is not Bobby. like they all know this is not Bobby. Right. Um 
Uh, so they perform begins to perform the seance. He re- asks Paul to to just try and believe that what's happening, what they're trying to do, is actually possible and uh, yeah. can happen. And uh, surprise, surprise, uh, uh, Jacob gets super possessed almost instantly by um, uh, Lysander Dagmar. Yes. Um, like immediately then, <laughs> it was surprisingly yeah, um, quick yes um and to which i said oh i wasn't expecting this movie to go into uh possession territory okay um uh wrote that down in my notes yeah well we're, and, we're being um shown that these ghosts are emphatically physical entities they're not something that you can't touch or just see they're there and they can touch you and it's yes. bad like it, it doesn't end well for anyone that's touched by a ghost right um um uh this is also where it's revealed that harry and girlfriend uh um harry and girlfriend are dead uh and and in the in, basement <laughs> yes and in the basement um burning but yes yes uh, um uh the uh, may and and get home um jacob's been tied to a chair and is uh <laughs> <laughs> oh yes uh, uh this is my, the worst my, this is the worst part yep uh ha- has uh paul has stuffed a sock in his mouth and he then proceeds to swallow a whole sock it gets balled up he eats the sock yes and it goes Um, down his throat it's like disgusting yes i uh i wrote my notes say jacob just swallowed a sock hole he's clearly going to die um (laughs) i mean he would probably die if he like successfully became unpossessed because he ate right like a, a sock (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that. That is exactly what that note meant. I was like, no matter which way this goes, he's clearly going to die because that man just ate a sock. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, pretty great. Um, uh, so, uh, Dogmire. Uh, tells them, uh, in in the in the guise of Jacob, Jacob's body, uh, about what the town did and that the town burned them and his uh, his him and his entire family as a sacrifice and that they're burning forever will burn until the stars go out, um, and that this is their house, um, so the his the 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 ghost motivation is we want our house um and and get out uh which is is pretty on par for for uh a ghost story um and then oh he he makes jacob break his wrist by slamming it into the 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 wall yeah yeah like above the fireplace or something it was Yes, and then eventually takes Jacob. I don't know if I can describe how he does it because it's not the way that you. It's an audience. When I say he makes 
uh, uh, Jacob kill himself with a fireplace poker by stabbing it into his eye. It is not the way that you would imagine it, and I don't know how to describe the move that he uses to do it. Can can you, Dave? It's the big old reach around. No, um... <laughs> it, it looks like he's gonna hit somebody else with it. Uh-huh. He rotates his arm weird and then... Because the, the, the issue you're gonna run into is the fireplace poker is longer than your arm. Yep. And if you turn it the way he's holding it at the end, because he's not holding it in the middle where you would have to to, like, stab yourself in the face, um, he's holding it by the, the handle of the poker, turns it so it's facing him, even though it's longer than his head, and then puts it through its, like, eye socket. See, okay, this is interesting, because the way that I read it was that he had, like, grabbed it, like, partways uh, up the shaft by the poker, and had kind of, like, flung it back into his eye. Um, I don't know. It like happened a, really fast, like so maybe I right. have it wrong. But either way, it was, like, he, like, javelined himself in the head. That's a, Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, and, oh, yes, and this is after he tells May uh, that their their son is dead. Um, uh, and kills himself. And everyone's like, okay, we need to get out of the house now. Now, now, now. Uh, They run to the front door. May opens the door, and her head explodes because Dave McCabe has a shotgun. Um, Likes opening the... He's the the one who knocks. (laughs) Yep. He didn't even knock. He just... No, he didn't knock this time. And so... Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, uh, like, just open the door. Uh, uh, May is super dead. And uh, my note is, uh, and now it's attack on precinct thirteen. Okay, and yeah. go. <laughs> All right, so we're 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 tracking because this the film changes genre two more times in the space of like two minutes. Yep, it becomes a home invasion movie. Mm-hmm. So we got like a, we have a ghost story, mm-hmm. and we have a uh, a seance film. Mm-hmm. And then we have a possession film, mm-hmm. home invasion film, and then the movie it goes past eleven. It's cha- it's it's added a new number to the dial. It's gone to twelve. Oh, um, oh, for 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 me, I I said, oh, this movie just turned. There is one specific moment, and I said, oh, this movie just turned into Evil Dead. Was it the stairs? Yes. yes. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it was. Okay, so um, listeners, if you if you haven't watched this movie and we've been like going scene by scene pretty much anyway, pause us. Go watch the last part of the movie because we're gonna talk about it. But um, yeah, it, it's better to go into that kind of blind, um, because it's just good stuff completely like <laughs> unexpected i did not think it was gonna do everything it's about to do uh okay you can unpause and then we're gonna continue <laughs> yep <laughs> um yes it is mostly good stuff although there is one thing that i need to say so uh they uh the the town uh uh sieges the house and uh, uh paul and annie flee upstairs 
and uh, <laughs> the townspeople invade because they're going to kill him to make sure that the sacrifice happens. And then they start getting killed by the ghosts. Some guy's ribcage, it just explodes. Um, <laughs> like, outwards, like, uh, really big props to the, the uh, visual effects. Like, they, uh, yeah, they practical effect the crap out of this section. Yes. Um, but Some CG blood, but... <laughs> very, yeah, very little. Here's the, here's the thing that kind of broke me on this movie a little. Uh, guy going up the stairs uh, uh, gets grabbed by the ghost child who crawls on him and then there is a shot of of a downward shot of the child burning the man that then begins to spin and transitions into another shot and I have never like been so violently like taken out of a movie like I was with that shot coupled with it turning into a transition. Um I don't know if I uh, I don't know how I feel about that movie after after that shot. Like overall I'm super po I'm actually super positive about it, but it, I I don't think I've ever had the experience of of something in a, 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 a choice in a movie, taking me out of the movie as violently as that, I, I get where they're coming from. But man, I was just like, what? What did this movie turn into? Where did this movie just go with like, because I really generally like the cinematography and the editing in this movie. And it's so like such a hard turn away from that that shot and transition that it kind of like threw me off for the rest of the movie <laughs> um but that's to say that 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 shot and transition signal surprise were in the were in the uh at the end of the movie and this movie is going to be evil dead dead alive almost everything that peter jackson made before the frighteners um like it get re get ready for uh uh blood aplenty and squibs and VFX. Dave, what do you got for us? Um, it's just awesome. <laughs> this was like <laughs> this was so good. <laughs> I I it was it was such an unexpected um final turn in the film that um why well, I say unexpected but not unwelcome like i just right. super enjoyed um the the filmmakers just going ham on this yep. on this set it's like it's like we're, we're, we're gonna demo we're gonna like demolition everything afterwards so let's just destroy everything with like blood yeah <laughs> um and explode people and then turn them into like pull them through a staircase into hell uh and this is the part where where that that um, hole in the wall in the in the foundation earlier that I said was a mouth really maybe it's a butt um, <laughs> <laughs> because the dude that gets like sucked through the staircase and it's not not a hole was made in the staircase he he's, he steps on the ashes of the the guy that the, the, the daughter ghost had like immolated 
Yes. And as he steps on it, he's like pulled through it. Almost yes, like the, the house has a, 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 you know, it's a different, it's bigger on the inside. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it pulls him through, doesn't impact the ashen part or any of the staircase. And then it apparently pulled him through into like a, like a blender. Um, because the it, the shot cuts to uh, the basement, and we can see that that ominous hole that the, the camera has kind of lingered on before, and then this time it just sprays out blood. Yes, like copious yes, amounts of more that you should have in your body. <laughs> Fountains of um, blood shooting out into the basement. Um, there's it, 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 a couple other reminded... people. Just get, I don't know. There was so much going on. Everyone's just yeah. getting massacred. Uh, someone gets pulled under a table and then uh, clearly juiced, uh, juiced yeah. under that table and and sprayed out. Um, the the hole in the basement when the blood came out reminded me of uh, the the Mister Bone Stripper ride. Oh from yeah, trouble. <laughs> yeah, that's um, a good movie. Yeah, it is. <laughs> we might have to might have to do that one at some point too. <laughs> that uh, one's just like people are monsters, I guess. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, um, uh, Paul and Eddie find some knives because they still, <laughs> I guess, they, they have they like have their six steak knives that, um, yep. that they had laying around uh, unpacked or something. But that was their one thing they could defend themselves with was a couple um, steak knives. I, I, and and is it Paul or Annie that drops one through the largest floor grate that I have ever seen in a house ever? Yeah, it's um, a it's a heat. I thought it was a heating vent, um, but <laughs> we didn't see where it connected to, and it really it's just a, a hole in the ceiling that goes yep. right down to like the living room. I think. Yep, you could just look from the like from like the living the hallway from the living room to some other part of the house. You can just look up and see into their bedroom. Yeah, it's super weird. Like I thought yeah, it was a, yeah. I thought it was like a heating vent, like the whole time because it there's ghosts and whatnot, um, spooking about, you know, but beyond the the grating, and then right. then you get this scene where he yeah he drops the knife, it drops down and, and like sticks, I think it sticks in the ground, but the, yeah, it, it alerts the um invaders to where, um, the the couple are hiding. Right. Uh, and at that point, I was like, well, I would not feel safe in my bedroom when there's basically a giant hole in the floor. Not yep. not, not to, like, fall through, but it's just, like, a, an open area. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I thought it was, was a like... spooky vent, but really it's just a window to the first floor. <laughs> in the floor. <laughs> oh, floor windows. See, see, what that they should have known that this house was no good when they discovered it had a floor window. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> so, so uh, a bunch of townspeople get massacred. Uh, Annie and Dave see see townspeople. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Annie and Paul see townspeople fleeing the the house and <laughs> then Dave McCabe Oh no hey, hey, we gotta yeah we gotta back up just a little bit because this is the, this is my favorite bit. Um 
Okay. So Paul and Annie are upstairs in there and they're, they know people are getting like massacred. They don't know. Right. There's nowhere for them to run. They can't leave because the people are in the way. So they go up to their room to wait out the whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And uh, they, they have the knives. Paul has the one that he dropped. And yeah. has all of the other knives. Like <laughs> <laughs> She's just looking out the window, watching people flee, and she's holding a handful of knives. Yeah. <laughs> it's really weird. Like, if one knife's not good, I'll just hold five knives in my hand. Um, oh yes, but it but oh, it becomes yeah. but it becomes uh, effective, I guess. Yeah, because uh, uh, because uh, because Buffalo Bill owner lady somehow sneaks in uh, because neither of them are watching the door, even though their house is being invaded by people trying to kill them. No, they're, they're watching them all flee out the window. No, no, Paul is specifically oh, Paul, staring at a door. Yeah. But, like, a different one. Isn't he just in the corner? It was weird. Yeah, he's just in the corner staring at a closed door. Um, uh, uh, bartender lady's got a, a, a hand scythe. She almost gets the drop on Annie, who just proceeds to stab her with all of the knives straight into the neck uh, with a pretty fantastic, like, arterial blood spray that whoever was shooting this scene was clearly told to move back a little because we also need to get the blood that sprayed on the floor in the shot. Yeah, um, everything, just show all of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh man, yeah, somebody's screaming. You gotta get all of it in the shot yeah. uh, for this and, one. And when we say she stabs her with five knives, it's like a bundle, like if you had taped together five knives yep. and like a, a tube, a tube of knives, and then stabs her like it, it. It's 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 when you like when you hold a handful of pencils that are all different sizes. That is is the equivalent of the the knife stabbage that yes. she gets in the neck. Um, and she doesn't <laughs> live. It obviously kills her. <laughs> right. Uh, she didn't make. <laughs> And Dave McCabe comes in and 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 answers a question that I had once the 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 siege began, and then was followed by the ghost attack. Because I was like, do do they not know? Do the townspeople not know that the house is haunted? Are they unaware of the the Dogmire ghost and only aware of the darkness? But no, clearly they knew about the ghosts and still went into the house where the ghosts could kill them and then were killed by the ghosts. <laughs> it, they do, but uh, what we have to take into consideration is that this only happens every 30 years that the house gets hungry or whatever. And right. so all of these people, with the exception of Dave McCabe, are would have been like either not born or very young children the last time this happened because they're all fairly young townsfolk no one's super, right you know there's not the only elder here is dave and then the um the the restaurant owner she's not old but she's older so she may have you know been aware of this uh un unfortunately so um the oh. what what they're on the impression that they're under is that 
the the Dagmars are working with them to appease the darkness. Like they've been in sort of in, enslaved by their act as sacrifices. Um, that's that's the that's the mistaken impression that even yes. Dave McCabe is under. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Good. Okay. Because I I was like that. There's two clearly two entities like not acting like in parody with one another. Like I had been under that impression the entire movie once the the darkness was was introduced as a concept. That's that's where I immediately went to that they were not agents of the darkness but separate entities. So I guess yeah. maybe the intention was for for the audience to think that they worked with the darkness, which or they're just they're just bound to it. But right. we're we're disabused of that notion um, pretty much the moment that, or, well, the entire time, really, because uh, even even Dave McCabe has his, his burning question is, they've been here for weeks, why are they still alive? Right. Like, anyone else, and they've done this many times, um, anyone else they've sent to the house becomes sacrifices. Yeah, almost immediately. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is kill, uh, are killed by the Dogmires immediately because Dogmires want that the house. Yeah. That's that seems that 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 is what what Dave basically says as he screams at a ghost, which is my favorite scene of the movie, where he's just like browbeating this ghost family for not killing this new family. And saying, "Well, you wanted your house so goddamn bad. Why haven't you killed them? You know what happens if it doesn't get fed." Um, to which I wrote, "Why did the why why have they not killed Dave?" Um, and the reason <laughs> there's a reason for that, and the reason is is because Paul and Eddie needed to come out of the bedroom and go downstairs. So that the ghost had an audience. Yes. Because as soon as they show up, they, <laughs> they, do you want to tell us how bad Dave McCabe gets it in this movie? Uh, he gets his insides boiled. Yep. Um, and then they come out of his mouth. So it's another nod to like the Beyond and maybe City of the Living Dead. Yep. Uh, definitely some uh, some Fulci gore going on here, but uh, uh, good old um, Lysander Dagmar um, <laughs> grabs the back of like so he's he's uh, Dave is standing facing um, the Sachetis, yeah. and uh, I think at this point all th- maybe just be um, Lysander Dagmar, but eventually all three ghosts are there anyway. Um, Lysander grabs him from behind around like the back of his his temples and his eyes kind of just grab someone by the face but from behind um mm-hmm. just holds him and anyone we know that anyone else is, that's touched by the ghosts um gets burned well he's not burning like his outer epidermis he's boiling his brain and uh in in mid rant <laughs> cuz uh Dave McCabe is not expecting this um, yeah, he he's 
stopped and just screams and vomits his like guts out. <laughs> and at, 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 at Paul and Annie. <laughs> yes. And he's just it's it's disgusting. Um yeah, it's great. <laughs> like this whole <laughs> this whole last bit was just everything I wanted. Um, and the whole time, all I could think of was, good thing these weren't the ghosts that were haunting Hill House, because everyone would have just died immediately. Like, you can't yeah. stop these guys, and they just boil you. Or suck yep. you through the wall, or put you in a ghost blender. Or, 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 or hitch a ride in your car and let you get a couple miles down the road. Yeah, you think you're safe, then you get shish kebab from behind. You know, but, but then... You, uh... Still have problems with that. Well, the, 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 the whole the whole thing is the um the house and the ghosts and everything else aren't bound to the house. They're bound to the the, the town or at least the, uh, land, the land the land of the town. Because what um during his giant rant, um Dave McCabe uh basically lets us know um that the thing beneath the house, the land, it's old old gods. So we've got some yep. sort of like Lovecraftian yep. beyond <laughs> thing here that um has resided in the land and they the town woke it up. Yes. And to keep it sleeping or keep it quiet, they have to feed it people. Yeah. And being a you know a, a quiet little town they don't want to feed it their own people no they feed it strangers outsiders anyone foolish enough to wander in or eventually i guess people they're inviting in because i know it's a 30-year uh turnaround right so they got 30 years to kind of like get someone else to come to the town and it sounds like it's even though it's 30 years they can kind of just continually feed it people and maybe keep it under wraps because while the the house uh, or the, the the darkness um, needs that 30-year uh, gap, the Dagmars are just always there. Yes. And to keep them from wandering around town, I think they feed it people, too. But but the, but the implication is that the only reason that the people are killed is because he doesn't want anybody in his house. Well, that's, so. that, that's why the um, the Dagmars aren't acting in purposeful concert with the darkness right uh it just works out because since the okay. dagmars don't want anyone in their house the, that acts as a sacrifice to the darkness right okay and um uh, dave is under the mistaken impression that the dagmars as sacrifices are beholden to the darkness but they're not right they just don't okay. want they're just mad that they were murdered they don't like the Ooh. town but right. they also don't want anyone in their house more than they don't like the town. Okay. Unless it's a family. And because this is a family, and we also have the idea that uh, Bobby, our, our right. ghost that isn't supposed to be there, may actually have been there the whole time he was brought. And that's what I think May, or no, the, one of them, either Dagmar or May, uh, intimates that they brought along Bobby with them. Right. And now Bobby's stuck in the house. Yes. Because the house just does that for ghosts. You're stuck. 
Right. Um, yeah, it it does it does the haunting of Hill House thing. Which, yes. Oh, you're you're a ghost. Even though even even though this house is actually significantly worse because it can it's basically a containment unit. It's a Ghostbusters containment unit uh, because if a ghost just happens to wander in, it gets stuck in that house. Uh, yes. As as demonstrated yeah. with Bobby. And and unlike the um the Hill House, this doesn't eat ghosts. It just eats people. Right. Right. It doesn't care yeah. about ghosts. Ghosts yeah. are just a way that it can eat more people. If the ghosts yeah. make more people show up. Yeah, and make more people die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're very good at yeah. doing. And this was a little weird because the um, t- t- in the end of the film, uh, the, the Dagmars aren't... Um, well, when you look at the whole thing, they've never been overly antagonistic toward um, the Sacchettis. They've never done any, anything um, to really either scare them away or keep them there. Like it, it, it's been a neutral haunting. If that's you can kind of look at it that way. Now, anyone other than the Sachetis, they've been hostile toward. Yes. Um, Bobby, at this point, when the invasion starts, um, uh, we hear him tell. Uh, the Sachetis to Lee, like, get out. Get out of the house. Yeah. Like, he's stuck there, but he can have a moment to try to get them away, like, save his parents. Mm. Um, when when Dave is, the last of the townsfolk is killed, um, the, the Dagmars, I feel like they give them a choice. Like, they don't say to stay or to go. Right. He, he, I mean, he does a couple points, especially when he was um, possessing um, Jacob tell them to leave. He tells them to get out of the house. Yes. Because he wants his own house. But because he knows they are a family unit and they have their son with them, he's not... He's he, Basically, he just really doesn't care. They can stay or you can go. And yes. because they realize that Bobby has been trapped by the house, they, they decide to not go. Yeah. And they stay. To become ghosts, yes. I guess, because they go down to the creepy basement. So it's yeah. it, it's, it's ambiguous. Yep. Um, and you can kind of read it however you want. But and and of course has been convinced the whole time. Um, this right. is the last moment where we see Paul has. I mean, he's still like, "Let's go, let's go out of the house," and then and kind of just walks off camera and goes, for presuming, presumably into the basement, and then Paul realizes he's not going to leave without his wife. Um, yeah. and kind of walks, you know, around to the basement, and, you know, the last shot is uh, the camera's looking up from the stairs at Paul, like, in the door, and he, you know, he says, oh, it's, hey, Bobby. Yeah. And then, you know, we get the credit roll. Um, I thought that was a pretty effective ending. Uh, I was, ex- I don't know what I was expecting. I think, I think if, um, if, the presence of Bobby hadn't been real, they would have left. Yeah, yes. It was just weird because if he tell Bobby's telling them to go, like he says yes. leave, but then they decide to stay because he's there, right? So they can become and, a family again. Yes, because and, they the, one of the one of the thing things that I noticed throughout the film is that nobody's really dealing with the grief, uh, Paul or Annie. 
are not are not uh, dealing with the grief of of Bobby's death. No, no, they, like this is they're just it's fresh, even though yeah, it had been. Yeah, I think it was like it two two years. It, it no, was still, two months. Oh, two months. Okay, I couldn't remember. Yeah. It was two something. So yes, yeah, yeah, so it's months. it's it's even even fresher. Um, I think he was killed in a car accident. Yep, uh, hit by a flatbed on the way home from college. So yeah, they haven't even. I mean, even under uh, not normal, but other circumstances, uh, like a death of family that that soon. Um, yeah, you can't be expected to just be whole be or be yeah. or be done with it. It's yeah, and um, they're not dealing with it. But because this happens the way it does, uh, I guess it's a fine ending. Um, Alternatively, all I could think of was if they had left the house, they wouldn't have got far because they would have just been pegged for murder of like however many people. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah, because they would have had to. Actually... Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's yeah. fair. So unless but... the ghost house cleaned it up, which it could very well have, um, yep, the they just killed like ten people out of a town. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, and then we get the credit sequence, which uh, I in my notes I I wrote um, uh, somebody liked the Resident Evil Four credit sequence. Um, I actually I I, I it it sounds dismissive and glib. I really appreciate like uh like history of town and uh here's here's the the string of events of of. Um, darkness releasing, sacrifices being made, town going back to normal. My favorite was um, uh, residents stumped as to why the river runs black. Um, <laughs> missing family, uh, uh, relatives of missing family want uh, answers uh, to, oh, rivers run clear. That is my, my favorite uh, newspaper heading from the end credits of this movie. I'm gonna have to go. Back. I didn't like. Well, I just as the movie ended, I just turned it off, so I didn't even. I didn't even see any of that. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll have to go like, back and watch it. <laughs> yeah, before the actual credit roll, it mm-hmm. is one of those very stylized end credits, and it is the history of the town told through newspaper clippings of like the cycle of darkness being released, family being sacrificed, town returning to normal. Uh, okay. Pretty, yeah, that's kind of important. Great. I probably should have watched that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I you know, uh, uh, talking about it and being able to talk about it, yes, I would absolutely uh, recommend uh, we are still here. Um uh like i said um i i have i have mixed feelings about that that transition into the third act of this movie both literally and metaphorically but overall yeah it's a really like it's a really good ghost indie flick that somehow does like five horrors subgenres in like an hour and a half. So 
it, it's it's really worth it just for the cast. Like everyone that they've yeah. put in this movie, like we mentioned, is just so good. Um, the director has done another film called Mohawk, which I've had sitting on my um to to to, to watch list, and I didn't realize it was the same director as this, or that you know, that I just had it because it looked good. But now, having watched this, that's it's moved up considerably in my need to watch list. <laughs> right. Um, I think we're not gonna do a full episode on it, but I do want to watch um, House by the Cemetery and then do kind of a contrast uh, mm-hmm. at, at a later date. We'll right. We'll just get around to it. We'll put it in the on the to do. Um. If anything, maybe a double billing with um, uh, House of the Devil, just because it's mm-hmm. thematically similar, um, at least in 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 tone um, and in what it offers. Um, unlike this one, we have the ghost to, to deal with, so there's a specific uh, monster, um, and in this case, fairly monstrous um, thing yeah. in in the darkness and in these ghosts um, that we can talk about. And, uh, in watching House by the Cemetery, uh, well, I think we'll be able to kind of dig into that a little bit more because the, the other film doesn't have... Hmm, it's more concrete in its idea of the darkness and like the, the, the actual entity. Yes, yes. Um, so we'll, I think, look at what these ghosts are that way, mm-hmm. um, because as as this stands, they're they're just ghosts of this family, um, and they're on fire. Yep, like smoldering. Um, yeah, also a really good effect. It's, it's well done. Uh, they have that ability to to traverse outside the space of the house. Um, they aren't they aren't the house, which is nice. I I, I did like that they are separate entities. Yes, yes. Um, and they're they're not only that, but when you're um they they were inspired in part um or in whole by uh the the ghost from the fog, the pirates. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, on their look, but you don't get them as silent antagonists. You have the full possession scene, which cements them as characters um, in their own right, with their mm-hmm. own motivations, and the that they took time to communicate that like helps so much with like the narrative of the story. Um, yeah, but in framing them as dead people, not not this just not just this you know um, idea of a ghost that is separate from its living form yeah or a person like with um if you look at the ghosts in supernatural they're they've they're people that have died and they've haven't passed on they're stuck with some lingering attachment to the world but the longer that they're on this plane of existence, um, the the less of their humanity they retain, they basically just go insane. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the case here. Right. Now, now, could that be down the line? I mean, we don't know because this is within 
two what two hundred years or yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. They uh, I, the, the they were the first family, and that was eighteen fifty nine. So, yeah. so yeah. we're looking at about two hundred years, um, and they're for all intents and purposes the same people they were when they were killed. They're just bearing specific grudges against this town that murdered them. Right. Um. So no, they haven't gone crazy other than they murder people in terrible ways. Um, yeah. So I think that that's, that's the framing, the framework we get of these ghosts. And I would like to see something more, uh, something similar to this uh, in, in other films or, or, or books. It's a very good um, structure for a ghost. Yes, that that it yes that a ghost isn't like an echo of like, but but the 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 person that is just yeah dead the the, the person but just dead that's that that's my contribution <laughs> the person that's every, just dead to everything that Dave just said that is my think piece contribution a ghost is a person that is just dead <laughs> and i think there's a um not, you know this is ostensibly it's set in the 70s but because they're paying tribute to to movies like the changeling um there's a almost a sense of like victorian era gothic like you could have set this in another time and it would it would yes. have been just as relevant because yes. you're dealing with older ghosts. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what um but yeah, that feeds into what I had mentioned earlier about by not setting it in a place or in a specific place or at a specific time, it gives the story a a a, a feeling of timelessness that once again, you could apply it, you could apply it to any era and it would would be just as good. It yeah. just happens that the seventies aesthetic really works for that uh that crazy finale. Um so yeah, I think that's a recommendation from both of us for we are still here. Yeah. Uh, another um it'll be two films actually we should probably look into um Dead Birds and its um sequel. They're similar to this at least the sequel is and then the first one's just a really good uh, monster movie oh cool so we'll, we'll put that on the to-do as well um otherwise i think we're, we're that pretty much wrapped us up uh this is going to be a well, it's a normal length episode maybe a little bit longer um than our, longer than our last one for sure <laughs> it's yeah. shorter on that one but um yeah that was we are still here um from 2015 uh Please, if you have not watched it and did pause, for, there's more in the film that I think we covered. We didn't do everything, every little scene by scene. It, like I said, we, like we've been kind of hammering home. Just watching it for the performances of the act, these actors is um, it's worth it. Uh, it's yes. worth the price of admission. Um, yeah, that's that's it for this film um, and this episode. Uh, we will we will let you go shortly. Leonard, where can folks find you on the interwebs? People can find me at 
at Dr. Faust is dead on twitter.com where I talk about things and stuff and will be mostly video game related. Uh, also, uh, art and horror. Um, I will be taking this week off to work on new video content, video content that you can find on YouTube uh, by searching for my channel, uh, Dr. Faust is dead, where I talk about video games or sometimes just edit video game cutscenes together or uh, uh, talk about what a terrible writer David Cage is, which is <laughs> my next project as I examine some pre-release media for Detroit. But yes, where can people find you, Dave, on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at sentinut underscore plus. Um, I'll have that written out in the notes as usual. Uh, the podcast, if you have found us through some other means, I know we're on Spotify uh, and iTunes, uh, you can find this episode and back episodes on monsterdearmonster.com. All right. So, I, yeah, I think that that wraps us up, and we will see you in a few weeks. Yes. Bye bye. Uh, oh, oh, bye. we got something. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say happy, happy holidays. We're going, I'm, I'm, Dave's a coward. He won't date this episode, but I will absolutely date this episode by saying happy holidays to everyone out there. Yes, it is Christmas Eve, 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 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bye bye. Later, everyone.